like to take a moment to prepare our hearts for communion this morning. It's uh, lovely if we can have a, a setting of the tone of what it is about and have the Lord speak to us. Thank you, Lord, that you just speak through this very brief message, preparing our hearts for the covenant meal. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to turn your attention to Ephesians chapter one. And if you have your Bible, I'd encourage you to turn there. We're gonna look at just one verse of scripture and trust the Lord will speak to us through that one verse. So I'm reading from the New King James Version, which is the superior version. You, you know that, okay, <coughs> sorry. Ephesians 1 verse seven in the New King James Version. Give you a moment just to make sure you're there. And this is how it reads, it is also on the screen. It says, in him that is Jesus, we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. I'd like to say to you, this is a beautiful scripture. Now, sometimes we can just read it and it's just kind of like flies over. Now, would you allow it to sink in a little bit deeper? Let me read it again. Holy Spirit, please minister this word, the scripture to us afresh. It says, in him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Are you grateful for the Word of God? Just that one verse. And as we look at one or two things or three things that come out of that, the first thing that I'd like to say is that we have redemption through His blood. Why don't you say that with me? We have redemption through His blood. Now, the question is, what is redemption? Redemption is a term that is not very often used in the world today, am I right? I don't really hear that word redemption a lot. What is redemption? It's this, it is the payment of a ransom. Quite simple. Redemption is the payment of a ransom. It is a price that is paid to purchase someone's freedom. Interesting that this term comes out of many, many years ago, and it was originally used in reference to slaves. And the interesting thing is that you could pay a certain amount of money for a slave's freedom. You might go walking past the slave market, maybe you're a, a well-off person and you have compassion on the slave that you see there, you just decide, I'm gonna play however many coins or what, and you can purchase that person's freedom. In other words, you can ransom them out of the slavery that they are in. And so this term was originally used to refer to slaves. But in the same way, you and I were slaves to sin. We were in bondage, we were caught up, we were slaves to sin. But the good news is that God purchased our freedom. God purchased our freedom, God redeemed us, God paid the price. And this is why it is such good news. <laughs> 
the good news is still good news, praise God. And so God purchased our freedom. He redeemed us. You could say he paid the ransom. And now because of that, listen to this, we are no longer slaves to sin, but we have come into a life of freedom. And you need to know that. Some of us in our minds, we still live as though we are slaves to sin, but that is in contradiction to what the Word of God says about a blood-washed believer. So don't let the devil lie to you saying, yeah, yeah, the slavery is still here. No, no, no. We are free from that slavery and we've been brought into a life of freedom. It's a brand new life of freedom. So what is the process? Well, it is slaves to sin, then Jesus pays the ransom, and now we are free. Quite simply, slaves to sin, Jesus pays the ransom, and now you and I are free. And so God's work of redemption on the cross, which is where it happened, has brought about your salvation and your deliverance. Praise the Lord. A time of communion should be a time when we in a new and a fresh way, are so deeply grateful for what God has done for the work of redemption on the cross. But what was the ransom price? The ransom price was His blood. <laughs> in other words, it was His life because the Scripture says that the life is in the blood and if you take a person and a whole lot of blood bleeds out, the life is gone, that person ceases to exist. And so when Jesus was giving his blood, he was giving his life for us. And so that was the ransom price, it was his blood. And you know what? Only Jesus' blood was worthy enough to pay the price. Only Jesus' blood. And he willingly gave his life. It says in Titus 2, verse 13 to 14, it says, Our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us. Would you say the word redeem? That's what Jesus did. That he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people. So the Bible says that he might redeem us. That tells me that Jesus is our redeemer. In your own heart, maybe you can just quietly say, thank you God, you are my redeemer. And because Jesus is your redeemer, it means that you and I, we are the redeemed of God. How do you see yourself? When you begin to see yourself as truly redeemed, it changes the way you act and the way you function, because I'm redeemed. You know, there was that song years ago, Let the Redeemed of the Lord Say So. You know that song, Let the Redeemed of the Lord Say So, Let the Redeemed of the Lord Say So. I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed, praise the Lord, ooh, you know. And uh, how many of you remember that song? Be honest now, how many of you remember that song? Okay, you are over 16 years of age. I hate to break it to you, all right. And I used to sing that song, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, so, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, so. And so I thought that's what you had to do. You go around and you say, so, so, so. No, no, no. 
Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. In other words, let them say that I am redeemed. That's what it's saying, okay? I am redeemed. Say that with me. I am redeemed. And let the redeemed of the Lord declare that we are redeemed. And since we have been redeemed, we have a responsibility to stay free, to live as free people. The Bible says that we should not be entangled again with a yoke of slavery. We shouldn't. Because I want to tell you, child of God, your freedom was hard-earned. Your freedom through Jesus' work was costly to purchase. So don't be entangled again with that yoke of slavery. Don't give the enemy a foothold in your life. You've come out of being a slave and now you're a saint. Look at your identity. And many times people, when they have a greater understanding of their identity in Christ, they live in keeping with who they are in Jesus Christ. The second aspect we see is that we have the forgiveness of sins. The forgiveness of sins. Would you please see, say those three words, forgiveness of sins. Say it with me. Forgiveness of sins. Do you realize how massive this is? Do you realize that every religion on the planet is trying to deal with the guilt, deal with the condemnation, and deal with the sins, and it is only Jesus who came and made a way through the cross to deal with this? I want to say to you, have you forgotten that you have forgiveness of sins? I pray that you haven't forgotten about that. Now, one of the results of redemption, which we just spoke about, we said we have redemption through his blood. One of the results of redemption is the forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness is not the same as redemption. It is one of its fruits. So there's redemption that comes first, and then out of redemption, there is a fruit of forgiveness that we can enjoy. But realize this, because of God's work, we are completely forgiven. Even if the enemy comes and tries to lie to you, it doesn't matter what his lies say, it matters that God says, I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. Child, you are mine. You belong to me. And so we are completely forgiven. And the work that Jesus did is a full work, a, a complete work. There is no blemish that is left on your life. There is no stain left behind. God's work of forgiveness is so complete that, listen to this, that he does not even remember the past sins that you have committed. And I'm thinking that's the most incredible God. He does not even remember. And sometimes I think we try to bring up things, but it's under the blood. I heard somebody say, once something is under the blood, it is under the blood. Don't reduce the power of the blood of Jesus because the blood of Jesus will never lose its power. Will never lose its power. The wonderful thing is that if you've confessed your sins to the Lord, it is dealt with. And it's finished, it's forgiven. And it's important to realize this. Now, 
in the eyes of the Lord, it's finished, it's dealt with, it's forgiven. Now, sometimes on earth, there may be some consequences for some of our sinful actions in the earthly realm that we have to deal with. We also pray that God will break and curse that harvest in Jesus' name. But in God's eyes, when we confess our sins, He is faithful and just because of the work of the cross to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's so wonderful. And this is what He does. If you confess it, it is dealt with and it is forgiven in the eyes of the Lord. You might be here listening today and there's things that you've stolen over many years. You might be here and you had a pregnancy and you decided, I didn't want this child. Child was held, I aborted the child. You might be here and you've deceived people. You might be here and you have cheated on your spouse. But the good news is that if in sincerity of heart, in humility of heart, you've come before the Lord and you've said, Lord, I am so sorry. I repent of that. Forgive me. God says, I forgive you and I cleanse you because his work is not a half a job. His work is complete. There's no stain. Come on, can somebody get excited about this today? <laughs> Hallelujah. For the forgiveness, forgiveness that is so complete. Corrie Ten Boom. Some of you knew of her in the concentration camps. She said, when I bring my sins to the Lord Jesus, he casts them into the depths of the sea, forgiven and forgotten. He also puts up a sign which says, no fishing allowed. It's lovely. And so not only does God forgive our sin, but the Bible also says he removes our sin. And the scripture there is Psalm 103, verse 12. It says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions. Stop living like those transgressions are still in a backpack that you're carrying. Stop living like that. They're removed. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, you removed them so far. You've removed them so far. So we've said we have redemption through his blood. We've said that we have forgiveness of sins. And lastly, it's all because of the riches of his grace. According to the riches of his grace. Don't just overlook that little phrase. It's all because of the riches of his grace. In other words, we receive all of these blessings that God has given us. Why? Because of God's overflowing kindness. Because of his overflowing grace. Because he is so awesome, <laughs> full of mercy and abounding in love and compassion. It's because of his grace. Listen to the statement. The word grace is a kind of shorthand for the sum of all the unmerited blessings we receive in Christ. I like that. It's kind of like, you know, shorthand, you scribble like a little thing down and it means a whole sentence or something. And in terms of what Jesus has done, all the blessings that we have in Christ and all that Jesus has done, and if you try to sum it all up, how do you sum it up? But there's this one little word that can sum it up perfectly in spiritual shorthand. It's the word G-R-A-C-E. It's the word, say it, grace. Say it, grace. Praise God. And so aptly it has been said, grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. Is anybody here grateful 
for the riches of the grace of God. Because I wanna say how great is His grace. I wanna say how rich is His grace. How measureless is His grace. And it's against this backdrop of our awesome God that we will partake in communion now. I invite you to get the elements ready. I'd like to read a scripture and then we will partake in communion. Please wait until we all partake together. This table of the Lord is open to everyone who loves Jesus and has surrendered their lives to Christ. I just also thank you for the manifestation of your presence here. I thank you, Lord, that you give people the revelation of your great grace, the riches of your grace. The scripture says in Matthew 26 in the Living Bible, as they were eating, Jesus took a small loaf of bread and blessed it, broke it, and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks for it and gave it to them and said, each one drink from it for this is my blood sealing the covenant, the new covenant. It is poured out to forgive the sins of multitudes. Let's lift up the bread in prayer. Father, thank you that we can hold this in our hands. This is like a tangible evidence of the love of Jesus. As we break this, we remind ourselves, dear God, Lord Jesus, of what you went through in the run up to the cross and on the cross. Thank you. We can never thank you enough. And we thank you that this is a symbol of us being in covenant with you, the body of the Lord broken for you. Now, Father, we lift up the cup. This is what ratifies the covenant. It's so much better than a signature. <laughs> and so, Father, as we lift up the cup, we wanna thank you for the blood of Jesus that cleanses us. And as we are about to partake, we do also wanna say that we take a hold afresh of every covenant blessing that you have for us in Christ Jesus. We want it all, Lord. We don't want to live as paupers and then discover when we get to heaven there was so much more. We want it all. We want it all. We want it all right now, Lord. And you've made it available. And so we thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness and your cleansing. The blood of the Lord shed for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.